Allison Hottinger and Lisa Calbera are the sisters behind The Giving Manger, who believe kindness is an everyday practice and giving can change everything. With six kids between them, Lisa has one son and Allison has five kids. Their focus is raising kind kids, kids who give, kids who care. They are constantly looking for ways to make giving and kindness simple and a daily practice. Today, I get to ask Allison and Lisa all about their journey with starting the Giving Manger and how they've helped bring that tradition to thousands of families and created millions of acts of service around the world. We also get to talk about their inspiration behind their newest project, The Kindness Chain, and how this kid-friendly, family-centered activity can help unify kids and parents with their communities and bring more love and kindness to the world. So thank you guys so much for being here today. I'm so excited to talk to you about this and about, first of all, I think we need to start with the first tradition and the first project that you guys came up with, which is the Giving Manger. And I'm sure you hear this often, but I actually grew up with that tradition as well. Not as beautifully packaged as you guys have it, but my mom found some little nativity uh, manger and you know, a bag of like a little baggie of straw. And then she told us like, let's all do kind acts of service during Christmas, because this is the type of thing that Jesus would like and fill his little manger with hay. And so I grew up doing that. So I loved it when I found out that you guys had made something that was really beautiful. And the story just, anyway, I don't want to take away your story from you, but the storybook totally makes it like, I have to pass it around at Christmas because I can't read it without like I'll start crying and then I'll pass it along. And then the next person, like the next adult will start reading and then they start crying and then they have to pass it to someone else. It happens every time, but we just love it so much. So tell me about where the inspiration came and what the giving manger is all about to you guys. So it's funny that it was a memory from your childhood because it was for us as well, but it wasn't in our home. So I went to a neighbor's house Mm -hmm. and they just had this little one in manger and it wasn't part of a nativity. It was just the manger. And I remember asking my neighbor friend, I was probably eight years old, like, what's that for? And so she explained, oh, each time we do something nice for someone else, we put a piece of straw in the manger and we're trying to create a soft bed for the baby Jesus on Christmas. And so I said, oh, well, do you put a baby Jesus in at the end? And she's like, no. And I thought, okay. And then we just like, we're little kids and we ran off and played. And I honestly never thought about it again. I don't think we had a baby Jesus either. Now that you say that, I don't think we ever did. That's a good point. Anyway, keep going. Back then, I think it was just straw yeah. and manger. Yeah. And, and I don't know where everybody got them. So fast forward to when we had kids of our own. My sister and I both had small children. And they were just making these really long Christmas lists. And each year, it just became about like what they were going to get yeah. at Christmas. So I remember talking to my sister and talking to my husband and being like, this isn't what I want the focus to be in our home. And then that popped into my mind, that little manger. So I scoured the internet, tried to find them, talked to my sister. We, they were like, they didn't exist. You couldn't really buy one unless you wanted like a full big manger for like animals. (laughs) So anyway, I sent my husband out to the garage and he made one for our family and just like a very simple manger. And we just found straw and we realized straw is very messy. Raffia is way better, which is what is included in the giving manger because that doesn't break and make a mess. But anyway, we did it with our family that year and it just completely changed our Christmas. My kids were now focused on what they could do for others. Mm and giving gifts back to Jesus instead of just what they could get. So of course we still had gifts, but it just shifted the entire focus. Yeah. 
So I talked to my sister about it and she was like, I love it too. And then my husband and I decided to make them for our neighbors that next year as Christmas gifts, because it just had changed our Christmas. So he made, I think, I don't remember how many, but dozen or so that next year. And they all just loved it so much. And that was kind of where I left it. Like, great. We shared it with our neighbors, but I just kind of kept having this feeling of, I think there's something more, more people want this than just us. And I talked to my sister about it. She had just been diagnosed with MS and I had five small kids. Wow! So we actually had no real desire or intention of starting a business. Mm-hmm. It was like, we kind of talked and we were like, nope, this is not the time. This is not the season. This is not for mm-hmm. us. But it was one of those things that just kept coming back repeatedly over and over again. And even people kept asking me about it some more. Like, could you just have your husband make one? So we kind of just, after that, we realized if we can't get it out of our mind, it might be something that we need to do. And we don't know why, whether it's for our families, for the people that need it. But we just, from there, decided we were going to give as many homes as we could giving majors that year. We started out with Kickstarter because we were like, didn't have any funds to really start it. And so we just threw up a Kickstarter campaign and we were funded, I think within 48, 24 hours. And then within 48 hours, we had like doubled our goal. We were like, oh my gosh, people really do want Christmas to be about something more. And it just, from there, just kind of blossomed into something beautiful. Oh, I love that story so much. So what year was that? So that was 2016, I think. So it's been a little while now. That is so cool. And Lisa, what were your, some of your memories of like that coming together or, you know, were there things that kind of tipped you off to make you feel like, yeah, this is really something that needs to happen? I agree with Allison where there's just sometimes there's just these, these moments that you cannot get something out of your mind. And I was not really in a headspace to be taking on new things. I was going through a crazy diagnostic process, was even trying to get diagnosed with MS you know, it's like somebody pulls the rug out from under you and everything that you kind of had planned in your mind for your life all of a sudden looks different. But I don't know. There was just something, there was just something that you just, we could not shake the idea. And once we decided to do it, we just said, let's just do this. Let's just see what happens. And Allison and I both, I don't know, we work really well together and we're we're brave. I feel like together, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. we can support each other in, in, in ways together. And once we decided to move forward, I mean, it was like pouring gasoline on a fire. It was just go time. And it was just, it was go, go, go. We're like, let's do this. Let's get this done before next Christmas. And it was just crazy and wild and fun. And I don't even know how we accomplished what we did in the amount of time that we did because we, we were able to deliver from the day we decided and we had them out to customers after our Kickstarter campaign that same year. It was wild. It was, it was crazy, but we, we have, it's overwhelming to see how many people just love it and how it's so fun. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's crazy to have, to feel like so inspired to do something and then to have it so well received. Yeah. Back to the baby, Corinne, it's funny because that stood out to me as a child, like, but there's no baby Jesus at the end. Like, and so that was what stuck with me is like, that's what's missing here. Like, 
it needs that moment where we come and we talk about the scripture from Matthew 25, which is in the book about as you help others, you're helping Jesus or you're giving gifts to Jesus as you do. But we wanted that to be a Christmas day moment where they really put the baby in there and it all comes full circle. Mm -hmm. And we, we also knew that they needed a story to like help them understand why we're doing this. And also what giving really does. So in this story, it's, there's no greater compliment for us than to hear that someone cried. Like that truthfully is like, oh, yay, it, it made people feel something. Yeah. But the kids kind of aren't excited as their parents give them this giving major, which I think is probably the reaction of most children. Yeah. <laughs> they're not oh, like, my kids love to get it out now. They're, they're oh, excited yeah. about it. But at first, maybe it's kind of like, oh, I'm used to presents at Christmas. You know, over to, now my kids love it and it's a very big part of our life. But kids in the story aren't so excited when their dad makes them this manger. But as the story unfolds, it really starts with the mom who does the first acts of service for them. And they get to feel they're on the receiving end. And they're like, oh, wow, like that. I see how that makes people feel. And then how good it makes you feel like that joy to us. We both firmly believe that real joy comes from serving and helping others. Like we're all here and it's so hard, but God put us here to be his hands and to help each other and to lift each other. And that anytime I'm like struggling and I'm feeling real bad or anxious or sad, I always get the same prompting, which is go help someone always. It's like universal prompting that I get and no fail. I always feel better. It always makes me see others, think less of myself, feel joy. And that's what we want for our children. And that's why we love giving and kindness and service. That is so true. It does just turn everything around as soon as you take the focus off of yourself and put it on someone else. So I love that the things that you guys are all about really help people to have that focus. I'm curious, two things. If there were any miracles that came together that helped you to get this actually like off the ground and really become a thing. And then I also am curious if there was any opposition that you faced. We were searching and searching for manufacturers. It takes five factories to put the giving majors together. It's, you know, it's a complex product. So it's to manufacture that and be, this isn't what we do. Like we're not, you know what I mean? We're two moms and we come from a family of entrepreneurs and, and we were trying to reach out to all of these different connections and all these different people were telling us it was going to cost $10,000 for just this one mold. And we, we were so discouraged because we just thought, how in the world are we even going to this how does anybody produce anything and then our mom actually was so cute and she's like girls you just need to call your cousin he does all kinds of manufacturing and we realized that right in our family we have this amazing cousin who is I mean he is an amazing person and Mm -hmm. he has an amazing business and it was like as soon as we just called him it was like bada bing it was like everything I mean it was crazy and it was right there and neither of us ever even thought of it. Wow. We had a few others that I can think of too. One was I had never heard of Kickstarter. I didn't really wasn't aware of it or anything like that. And for me at that time, we, we just had small children and I, there was no extra money to start something like this. Like Lisa said, the first quote we got to just even make a mold for a baby was $10,000. And we were like, wait, what? <laughs> and we have to publish books and we have to make majors. And anyway, so having someone share with me about Kickstarter 
through not even knowing I was trying to start a business. It was like a totally related conversation. It just felt like those little Mm -hmm. things kept happening where I felt like God was saying, and here's how you can do it. Here's a way. And Kickstarter, really, it was the only way we could have done it. Like even the sculpting the baby, neither of us are artists. Neither of us have ever taken a sculpting class. I have this personality, maybe flaw, that if you tell me that I can't do something, I'm like, (laughs) my mom, I was like, I need to like sculpt a baby, but I've never done that before. And my mom's like, yeah, you've never done that before. And I'm like, okay, so now I'm going to go do it. I just felt like I, you guys, I sculpted 50. They were terrible. Like we're talking, I don't know how to sculpt a baby. And then miraculously, somehow, one, I could never do it again. You could make me try for hours and I could probably never do it again. But one came out exactly as my mind had imagined. It just wow. felt like we had a lot of tender mercies and things that it was, that was actually beyond my skills and beyond my ability. Mm-hmm. Really, honestly, I'm not artistic. We just felt a lot of different hands and ways that we were helped along the way. That is so cool. Yeah. So did you feel any opposition? And I ask that because I feel like oftentimes, especially when it's something that's going to bring people closer to Christ or bring people closer to God, I just feel like I've heard so many stories, including things that my family or that Neil and I have done. You face opposition. And a lot of times I'm like, oh, that means it's like, that means Satan's scared or that means like. There's actually something really good that's about to happen here. So what were, what did you have any like uphill battles or things that you had to like get through to make this happen? Our first uphill battle was us just even admitting and like we had so many thoughts and so many things coming at us of you shouldn't do Mm. this. It was every possible thing was saying, don't like this is, doesn't make sense financially. It doesn't make sense for the time you have. It doesn't make sense with least his health diagnosis that she had been dealing with, everything was pointing towards no. And it felt like it just kept leaning on that more and more. And it was kind of when we showed the faith of like, but wait, God's trying to tell us something and stepped into that, that it started to, we started to have more miracles, but with those miracles came more opposition. Totally. Like, oh, a manufacturing disaster that we felt like when you have a product that's seasonal, Mm. you have a really short window. Yeah. So if you can't get it done by this date, you have to wait an entire year. Right. It's not like, sorry, and guys, they'll come week. out in January. Yeah. Yes. So we that first year meeting those timelines, everything was leaning into no. Everything, it was like, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to wow. work. But when we just leaned into faith mm-hmm. and tried to like look for what the good that was coming along with it, that was where we were able to make things happen because we felt like God was on our side. Mm-hmm. Even like we said, we never knew what, if this was going to go to a thousand families, or if this was really just going to be for our families and hopefully we could bless some others. We never knew what really the main goal was, but we knew it was something that God wanted us to Yeah. Oh, I love that. One of our craziest experiences, I can't remember which year this was, you know, you're always trying to like keep your costs down. And we decided to work with a new manufacturer and we had an entire like shipping container of Mm -hmm. product come where the baby Jesus's were messed up. Oh no. It was absolutely insane. And we, I mean, I don't even know. I still to this day don't know how, how I physically did this, but they can't, they were coming to Texas to ship here and Mm -hmm. our drop shipper 
did not have time. Like they couldn't replace the babies. You know, they only have so much staff. So like sometimes with my manufacturing mistakes, you can have them make these changes for you, swap them out, whatever. So I had to literally create an entire like shipping in my house. Every, almost every square inch of like main living space in my house was just stacked with giving mangers. Oh my god! And I had, I hired all these people in the neighborhood. I had all these moms that would come to my house while their kids were at school and they would sit and package and we would just have like UPS trucks coming all day long. They'd come and do multiple pickups for us. It was the craziest thing. I, I, I don't think I've ever experienced anything like that in my life of having to ship that many products because you're shipping it within a couple of weeks. Yeah. And if you miss that timeline, it's gone. That was the, that was so wild, but it was crazy. And when I reached out to my neighborhood and my community, I mean, I had, I had probably eight people at my house from 7am until 9pm for almost a month. It was crazy, but we got it done. (laughs) It happened. It worked. It all worked out, but it was buck wild. I mean, you never know, like life gives you, definitely gives you moments where you it's always those challenges, those times. That's where you grow the most. And you go, you know what? I can do almost anything. I can do that. I can do almost anything. So it, yeah, it's making me think of the scripture, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So I think that there's so many examples of this in people who are trying to do good things and people who are trying, especially trying to do good works that help bring people closer to God. And it sounds like even though you had some like real mishaps that still like God found a way to make it all work together, which is so cool. I love that. Do you have some favorite stories that you've heard back from people who have incorporated the giving manger into their Christmas tradition or taught their families about this? The people that use the giving manger in their homes have been like such an inspiration to us and to others. That's been one of our favorite parts is using social media as the way that people are sharing acts of service or things that have happened in their home that we can then share with others. And they're sharing it with people in their communities. So we had this one that was the cutest idea that we've now incorporated and do every year is like a giving manger community. Mm-hmm. And it was, they just went to Walmart and bought $5 poinsettias and delivered them to complete strangers. Mm-hmm. So they would just go and leave it on the doorstep. And sometimes you can watch and sometimes you can't, depending on the layout of the house, yeah. having no, knowing not who would do this for you. And just during Christmas, if maybe it's someone who is struggling that day, maybe it's someone who's very lonely and elderly person who would get no Christmas gifts. It's just, we've found through other people and ourselves that it's the simplest things. It doesn't take a ton of work or a ton of energy to do something kind for someone else. And it's, we've had families tell this, their entire Christmas has changed the same that ours did where their kids are rushing to fill the manger. Some years it's like a little slower Mm -hmm. fill and you're like, you have a week before Christmas. You're like, Oh my gosh, there's eight pieces of straw in the manger. And sometimes that's actually my favorite years because it's like, we have a week and we got to go real fast. We got to do as much as we can. Yeah. But the whole focus is on helping others just like Jesus would. And so it brings the focus back to Jesus, which is exactly what we want. That's one that comes to my mind. But there's so many, sometimes it's hard to like pinpoint at least. Can you think of some that you love? I mean, I'll tell a story about my son. That was one of my favorites. We were running out the door to travel for Christmas. And, 
He's like, Mom, we should bring those candy canes because we had a couple boxes of candy canes to give to people at the airport. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a great oh, idea. So we yeah. get to the airport and I had him like shoved in my bag. Whatever. He's like, where are the candy canes, Mom? Where are the candy canes? You know, I'm waiting in like the line, the checker Easy. bags or whatever. Yeah. And he goes and he takes the candy canes up to the workers, not the other people. He oh. goes up to the people, the workers, and starts handing candy canes up to them. I mean, they were like absolutely like, um, I mean, they, they were like one lady was in tears because nobody ever acknowledges them. Everyone's right. so worried about themselves. And these guys are working their tails off, not with their families so that you can mm-hmm. travel and see your families. He's given yeah. them out to, I mean, he didn't give them out to one other person except for everyone working at the airport. And I thought, it's just so interesting when you have like, cause we've been focusing, you know, the whole month on seeing people and like where mm-hmm. we can, where we can give back. And it's like he saw something that I didn't even tell him. And that's when you're like, yes, it's clicking. It's working. Like, you know, and that's, that's really that moment. When you're like, I'm so grateful that you took the time because, you know, so much of it is just taking, setting aside the time to do these things. You can just get so busy in your day and your schedule and just everything, but you really have to set aside the time and, and to, you know, just be intentional. But if you don't, if you're not intentional, it will never happen. You're not, you won't just randomly pick up in your day and go do something. But if you just make it a part of your day, we're going to do something today. Then it's amazing what can happen. I mean, yesterday I was random story, but yesterday I went to a going away party with a friend and were, we had a shuttle. There's like a free shuttle that was driving us. And I just I'm with my friends and I'm having so much fun, but then I'm sitting at the very front and I was like, oh, I think I'm going to just say something nice to the shuttle driver. So kind of them to, he's a young guy. So kind of them to drive us. I, I don't know why I even talked to him. I, I really don't even know, but I just was like, Hey, this seems like a really great job. You know, it must be really fun. And he's like, all of a sudden he starts pouring his heart out to me. And he's like, well, actually this is my first job. And 12 years, he's like, I got in a motorcycle accident and I was a paraplegic. And I mean, it is the craziest story you've ever heard. And I only got eight minutes with him, but it, I felt like I spent two hours with him where he told me this incredible story of where he just never gave up. And it's just like that moment that you take that, like that little inkling, that little in your mind, I should talk to him. And when you take that moment, you take that time. I mean, this person has the most amazing story ever. And he and I had so much in common because we talked about our neurological issues and he lifted me in a way that I don't know that most people can because they can't relate. And oh my gosh, what an angel in my evening. But it's just because I took the time to talk to him. Yeah. Which I think, especially now when we all have like a distraction in our pockets 24 seven, no matter where we go, it's so easy to just the second it the second it could possibly be boring anywhere, that's where everyone goes. And so you do lose like a lot of human connection and a lot of opportunities to just talk to people and hear their stories. So that's so cool that you had that experience because I'm sure that it was mutually beneficial. You know, I'm sure it was like just as much a blessing for him as it was for you. So that's really cool. Yes. Brilliant. 
reminded me of Lisa and reaching out to one person. There was actually someone who uses the giving manger in her home. She knew a gentleman, he was elderly. He's probably in his eighties and he had recently lost his wife and it was about to be Christmas. She was worried about this gentleman. He was not even a family member, just someone that she knew. So what she did is she reached out to us and asked if we'd be willing to have our giving manger community write letters to Jack. Mm. All of these children all across the country flooded his mailbox, thousands of letters, just wishing him a Merry Christmas. We have pictures of his mailbox literally (laughs) overflowing with mail. And all of those kids got to put one small piece of straw in the manger. But what an impact Mm -hmm. that woman had by deciding to see him, see a need and reach out to us. And then we could reach out to people that want to do the same thing, which is lift others. And it was really one of our most special moments with the giving manger. Wow. That is such a cool story. How impactful too for all of those little kids to see their one letter contributing to just this like flooding of love for someone. That's really, really cool. Because that's how it happens, right? It's like you feel like your one little thing is so, or even the candy canes, like the seems so insignificant, like, oh yeah, you know, whatever. Candy canes, like what, 12 cents or 15 or something. I don't know. (laughs) You know, we buy a box of candy canes that are like 10 for five dollars I don't I don't know what candy canes going for but I'm just saying like you know it's just something that's so small Mm -hmm. but and it probably I mean let's be honest like all of those adults do they all even like candy canes maybe not but just the just the feeling that like oh my gosh this little kid wants to give me something that's where it's at it's like those small acts of service and kindness they all mean a lot even though it feels like something just so small and insignificant I'll tell you it was the least stressful travel day I've ever had in my life because we spent the day looking for people who needed a candy cane instead of worrying about ourselves. Yeah. It's really true. It was the least stressful travel I've ever had. That's so cool. And I love, I didn't get to tell you this, but I also just absolutely love the idea of dropping points. I never know if it's a poinsettia, poinsettia, whatever, however you say that flower. (laughs) I don't know. That's so cool. I, I want to do that with my family next year. So I like I follow you guys on Instagram, but I must have missed that. So this year we need to do that too. Cause I just love that idea. Okay, let's transition over to talking about the kindness chains and where that idea came from. Where it came from was we had this giving manger that people every year would say to us, We don't want to put it away. Mm. Can you please give us something that we can do year round? But as Busy as we were when our kids were small, as our kids have gotten older, it feels like life just got even busier. So we just kind of were always like, we want to, but right now just doesn't quite feel like the time or season. So it took us quite a handful of years before we were ready to do the next thing. And, but we knew it needed to be something we would do in our own homes and our kids would want to do. And we wanted it to still be focused on giving and kindness, but it couldn't be so Christmas focused if people wanted to be able to do it year round. And we found ourselves just saying in our homes, be kind, be kind, be kind. Like, I feel like those words probably most mothers say, at least in our, my home, it's five times a day. I can think of be kind to me, right? be kind to your brother, be kind to even that girl that was really mean to you. Mm -hmm. Like it's be kind to the person you just talked to at the store. Like you could have treated them better. Like it's just a constant thing that we all have to teach them. So we remembered back to our childhood again making paper chains, counting down to things. Yeah. What if we made something that was actually like counting up? Mm-hmm. What if we were building something in our homes, which we like to say kind of starts here. Like this is in our homes, 
with each individual person, we have to be the ones to do it. So we sat down again. One of our favorite things to do is make lists of acts of service or kindness. We probably have, I don't know, five different ones on our website that you can download for free. Because we do like to show people it's the simplest things mm-hmm. that you can do, but those things add up. And that's what we loved about making this kind of chain. So it's essentially a paper chain. It comes with 50 acts of kindness that you can do, that you can build up to grow this chain of kindness. And one perspective we love to have is you're not just linking your chains, but everyone you do, it's like you're linking to the next person who has a kindness chain. So we were adding it up the other day. We're like, how many acts of kindness have been done Mm -hmm. from the kindness chain? So the giving manger every year, if everybody does fills their manger, that's 5 million acts of kindness done every Christmas season, which just blows our mind. It's like so special to us to know. I'm like, everyone, please fill those mangers. Help us do that every year. But the kindness chain right now, we think there's been about 60,000 links put together in chains. Wow. And that to us is just everything. Even every one of those matters though. Mm-hmm. Every single act of kindness makes an impact. Like I was telling Lisa just this week while I, we were traveling with my family and I have five children and you guys have probably seen people with lots of children. Corinne, I know you have a handful as well, but <laughs> more, you get more a lot than of a milk. handful. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, nice. I'm pregnant with my fifth and you know, it's, it is so funny that when I had, even when I had four, people were like, oh wow, that's a lot. Five. There's some like magical weirdness with five that we tell people and they're just like, what? You're yes. wait, what? Yes. Yes. And yes. They just <laughs> act like we're like, we tell them we're having an alien baby or something. It's like <laughs> the weirdest thing to people. And I'm like, is it really that weird? Okay. It's, I, I totally feel you. I hear you. So we're in New York city mm-hmm. and we're on a ferry oh, going to New Staten York. Island. Yes. <laughs> in New York, we were, we were really we excited, exciting for people to look at, which is fine. I'm used yeah. to it. My kids are, I have a daughter who's almost a senior in high school now. So we've been doing it for mm-hmm. a while. And, but this one woman, we're on the ferry. And she's staring at me and I, I could sense that she was staring at mm-hmm. us. And normally I just will like not even worry about it, look over, but I happen to look over and make eye contact. Now, most of us, when someone, you know, staring at someone and you make eye contact, you look away yeah. really quickly and you're embarrassed. Well, this woman, we have very different cultural backgrounds. She was there with just one son. Everything was different about her and I in a lot of ways from the surface. But instead of looking away, she looked at me and just gave me the biggest smile. Aww. Now, that might seem like nothing to someone, but that is a moment I will never forget. Yeah. I will now, when I'm staring at someone, instead of look away, smile at them because a smile actually just like brings humanity and connection back, which is what we all need. Mm-hmm. And so those tiny little acts, and like in the kindness chain, one of it is smile at everyone you see today. Those things matter. They change you and they change others. Like she, that woman, I feel regret that I didn't follow her off the shuttle or the ferry and say, I just need to tell you how much you impacted Mm. me because I will never forget that one smile to me. And I don't know if it was just my feelings that day or why, but all of those things matter. And we love building that in our homes and seeing actually the links go together, like seeing it building and seeing it growing kind of like the giving manger, you're seeing the manger fill. So we wanted something similar to that where you can see your chain grow. Because kids love visual things too. They're very like visual learners that it makes something real that otherwise it's just like something that you talk about that feels kind of un it's it's hard to track so that's really cool that you guys have created something that is such a visual impact for especially little kids that are trying to create something like they're always I my kids are always making something so 
<laughs> yeah, totally. That's so fun. <laughs> and I know what you're what you're saying too about like people who just take the extra effort to just like show kindness in their looks and in their body language and in their interactions with strangers. I always try to do that on airplanes when like whenever there's a mom with a baby. I just remember so many times being on an airplane with a baby and having just like so many people. If your baby starts making the littlest noise, they just like give you death looks of like, (laughs) get off my airplane. Like (laughs) whenever I hear a baby cry on an airplane, I try if it's like with at all within where the mom could see me, I try to like look over and like give her like an, uh, Hey, it's okay. Or like a smile or like a friendly look. Like I've been there where oh, that's so cute that like, it's so sweet that you have a baby that's crying because it's a baby and babies are sweet. And I feel like that rarely happened to me when I would travel with my babies. But there was one time that I was getting on an airplane and Annabelle was almost two which is when you have to start buying them plane tickets. But she wasn't mm-hmm. quite two. And she was super wiggly. And I just remember being like, oh, please bless that I got someone nice <laughs> that I sit next to. And I sit down and this like older gentleman comes and sits down next to me. And I'm thinking, oh, man, he's probably going to hate this. <laughs> and he said to me, you know, I have, I don't remember what he said, four or something. I, like I had four of those. And so if like babies don't bother me, if she cries, it's fine. If you need something, let me know. He's just super nice. And I agree, Allison, that you just like remember those interactions forever. Like, I don't remember his name, but I remember that interaction so clearly because I thought, oh, this is, I think this is how my dad would be. He just, he loves children. And I think that he probably would say the same thing to like some young mom who's clearly super nervous about like annoying people and having their baby like bump into someone or whatever. So (laughs) those moments change you. They do. And so that's really cool that you guys are giving families an opportunity to talk about these things, have ideas, track them, show them, like give them a visual representation of this is how our family is working toward kindness. I think that is so cool. So where did some of those prompts come from that you guys put together? Honestly, I don't know. They're really just fun lists to build. <laughs> Sometimes you yeah. think about what you wish people would do for you or your child. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, how mm-hmm. would you how would you want to be treated? Treat people that way. It's they're pretty fun to build. We go through all kinds of we just go through all kinds of ideas and try to keep them all central enough so that they're doable in home. But I don't know. It's so fun to just imagine people doing them. So it's pretty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's anything you can think of that. Hopefully the kids will get excited and, and you're hoping to touch like all different parts of like the community or just like in the home where you can treat each other with kindness. I mean, one interesting thing in my family is I only have one child. I mean, that's all that we were able to have. So it's, we have kind of a different dynamic than most people, but like during giving manger season, if I do something kind, like my son will say to me, mom, you should go put a piece of straw in the manger, Aww. you know? And for other people, it's like their kids or my husband, I'll do something nice for me. And he's like, dad, put some straw in the manger. But it's like, you know, that family where you're seeing each other. You're And I remember my mom would have us do, my parents are great about stuff like this. They really were, my, they're, both of them are always doing just such giving people. And but my mom would be like, all right, we're going to do secret 
service projects for each other. My mom could, my mom was like Mary Poppins. She could always come up with some fun way to get us to do things that we did not want to do. And I feel like that's <laughs> where Allison and I get inspired from. Oh, I need like, that skill. Oh, no. I mean, my dad would be coming home. The house would be a complete and total mess. Like I'm talking, we had five kids in our family. So there was mm-hmm. just stuff everywhere. And my mom would be like, we have 10 minutes before dad gets home. Everybody pick up 20 things as fast as you can. And then we're going to race to the front lawn and be waiting for dad. And he's not even going to have any idea that the house is a total disaster. And we would we clean as fast as we could. He should have seen us. We were crazy. And then we'd all rush and go and we wait for my dad like out. We had kind of like we were, were on the side of like the hill and my dad would come driving up and we'd be sitting on the grass waiting for my dad to pull up. And my mom would be like, Shh, don't tell him how messy the house was. And we were just, we thought it was great. But she was so good at that. I mean, she did it all the time. That is so cute. I love that. What a fun story. I need to be more like that. I need to more, like make things more fun. A lot of times I'm like, you guys get your jobs done, get your stuff done. I mean, we're I should all make like it more too. about, yeah. I have started writing lists for my teenager. <laughs> he just needs a list. So. Yeah, my kids too, every day. I also really love, I wanted to just point this out and have whatever discussion about um, how this is, both of your products are so great with being kind of universal for different faith-based people. And then especially the kindness chain, I think is so cool because it's like, you really could be of any belief system or not or whatever. And I mean, it's hard to find someone out there who doesn't agree that kindness is what we need in our world. So that's such a cool aspect. Have you guys had feedback about that or why why was that important to you to make sure that it was like universally going to be beneficial to so many people? Yeah. So Lisa and I attend different churches and have always from the moment, I mean, we're so close and have always felt like from the moment we wanted to do the giving nature, it was really important to us that it was for anyone who wanted Christmas to be about giving like, and the giving manger definitely, I mean, it's the baby Jesus and the manger definitely has element of wanting Christmas to be about Jesus as well. So we've always tried to just, even from the prompts we do to the conversations we have in podcasts and everything, we always try to keep it very inclusive and not necessarily about one denomination, but about us all coming together to try to make Christmas more about why we really celebrate it. And the kindness chain, we felt even more so of like, there's people out there that maybe don't want to focus specifically on the Jesus element, but do want to focus on how important we have humanity and kindness and unity. Mm -hmm. It's something that the world's really, from our perspective, really needs more than anything. Like I want that connection. Yeah. Like you were talking about with cell phones, like so much of our world has changed Mm -hmm. and we're just not connecting and it's more about division than unity. And for our children, we want them to be the people that bring people together Mm -hmm. through kindness and love, not the kind of people that create a larger divide. So even in our homes, even though we practice different denominations, that is not something that we ever want to divide our families. And we don't want that to divide us from our neighbors or our communities. We always want it to be something linking us together. And it's funny because at the top of the packaging of the kindness chain, it says each act of kindness creates a chain reaction. Mm -hmm. And that's what we believe. It's like, we loved this because it was a chain linking us together. Like bringing people together is what I view kindness does. 
just like that woman who just smiled at me. Like instantly there was like this connection between us of like, we need each other. We're in this together. Like even all those cliche things that people say are so true. Like I cannot do this. I alone, like whether it's family members or friends or my children telling me kind things like mom, you're actually like a day when I'm feeling like I'm failing. Cause I've definitely had those days as a mother where they see me in tears and my teenager being like, mom, you're doing a really good mm-hmm. job. Like that, just even that way that connected us by her seeing me and showing me kindness. That is what we want for our children. And really what we know the world needs more than anything. That's what made us take this step from where we'd done the giving manger. And we kind of like, was kind of a machine that was running itself. And we weren't, again, we were not dying to do something else. Right. It was like, no, life is so busy. We all feel it and mm-hmm. we're all doing our best and pulled in a million directions. But the way, what we're having to teach our children now, this just felt like the right time to try to do something more, to try to be a part of the solution, try to be people that help and try to bring people together. So that's kind of why now. And it's fun because before, you know, we were creating some of the stuff for the kids when they were little. And now mm-hmm. like the kids are like helping create the content. <laughs> and like, you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. a whole nother level of their involvement of like, yeah, like it comes fun. full circle. Yeah. yeah. Where they're seeing like how it affects people and how we get to share with people. Yeah. And when you asked before about like where these ideas came from, the kind of shame, so many of these came from our children. Like, Mm. tell us about when someone did something for you or what do you think you could do for others? Because now we've got older kids that we can lean into. We can ask what, what they would want to do, how they would feel if someone did something for you. So one of them in here is learn something new about another culture or country. And that came from one of my teenagers as an idea. And I'm like, yes, that's something that all of us could do. Even if you have studied and learned about different culture, learn something new about it. Mm -hmm. Learn why some people jump over the broom at at a wedding. Like, what is that tradition? Where does it stem from? Like all of that just brings us together. And that is, it's doing something kind by learning about someone's culture, country or community. So they've been really great in adding to this new idea that we had and being a kind of a part of the process. Mm -hmm. It's been fun to have them there. I love that. Okay. I have one last question for both of you. And that is if there's one message that you want the people who are listening to this to remember, what do you want that one message to be? So for me, it's words that have kind of rang in my mind ever since we kind of felt prompted to do this next idea of the kindness chain. And it is just that kindness starts here. Mm -hmm. And that's something I want my children to know. It starts here in our home. It starts here with you individually. Like we could put that on the shirt for you and you could hopefully wear it. And it's like, I kind of starts with me. Yeah. And that it's just, it starts in our school, in our classrooms. The teacher could be the one that says kindness starts here. It's just, if all of us can take that and realize that individually we can be a part of the solution, that's what I want my children to remember. That's who I want them to be. I would say that, message that I think people should really remember is that there is not one person on the planet that isn't struggling with something and doesn't have something that is keeping them up at night. And it's so important to press pause in your life. And even if it's like a smile, like Allison said, it doesn't just, it's so important 
to remember to be kind to people, even when it's inconvenient, even when you're in a bad mood. It is so important to treat people with kindness and give them grace because you have no idea what they're going through. And you can change. Everyone has the opportunity to save somebody's life. I mean, you really do just by seeing people and by being kind. And it's sort of been the center of our our life since we started this by nature of just what we do every day. But it's just so important. I think it's so important. And I think it's also important to remember that for us, it's an everyday practice. Mm-hmm. Like I have days where I'm super self-centered and lots of days. And it's like, kindness is like this daily thing. We have to remind ourselves to reach out to others and look for others. And it starts one little thing at a time mm-hmm. and it really does build and grow. And that's when I feel the most joy is when I'm focusing on lifting others and not just on what I need. Yes. We all have to try better try to be better at that that's something that I feel like each person struggles with but you know isn't the world such a more beautiful place and better place when we have that focus so I love that you guys are helping people to physically see that in their homes and do things with their kids and with their families to bring that into the world more so where can people find you if they want to get a hold of your products or they want to just follow along the goodness that you guys are putting out so we're on social media. You can follow us. We're still sticking with The Giving Manger. It's like our brand that we started with. So you can find yeah. us either at The Giving Manger or online. We have a brand that we're kind of a sister brand right now. It's called Giving Kind. Mm-hmm. So you can find us in either place. And mostly we love to see the acts of kindness that people are doing in their homes and share those with others to just keep inspiring others. So there's thousands of ideas in there. And like we said, we have free downloads for people that just want like a list of summer acts of kindness, things you can do in your home. You can jump on our website and download those for free. But yeah, mostly on our, either our website or our socials, which are thegivingmanger.com. Um, okay. Thank you guys so much for being here and for sharing these beautiful stories today. Thank you for having me. fun to talk to you. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at mintarrow subscribe to our Apple podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.